What'd you have for dinner tonight? Jimmy Jams. Yeah, thanks for picking us up, Jimmy Jams. You're so welcome. I'm the best <laughs> sister ever. <laughs> you are. I am. You're my only sister. So yeah, that makes so you the best. love me. <laughs> I do. <laughs> One day I woke up and realized that I wasn't happy. But the best part about writing your own story is that you can change it whenever you want. You are the main character and the author. This is my life story, the spiritual awakening and sexual evolution of a wild woman. May these stories help you to see and understand your own story better, awakening you to the magic and synchronicity within your own life. I know they will make you laugh, cry, and cringe. But they will also be a light in the darkness and a mirror to teach you more deeply about who you are called to be. I am Radically Rachel. Kings and queens and everything in between. Suns, moons, and stars. Listeners near and listeners far. You're listening to the Radically Rachel Podcast, Episode 6. Hey, Radicals. I have a very special guest in the studio today. She's the Mary-Kate to my Ashley, the Ashley Simpson to my Jessica, my best friend for life, my sissy, Alexis. Hi, guys. Hi, Al. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Of course. Yeah. Um, the last few episodes of the podcast, I've been unpacking a bit about my sister, as my mortal enemy. Just one, like, well, two minutes of one episode, but we yeah. talked about it a little bit. Yeah. We did. <laughs> um, but so, even though that that is how our story began when you first yeah. came into Ultimate. my world. I didn't even remember that. Like, <laughs> my story began before I could write it. You wrote it in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> you had to play the part. Of yeah, the... I just was there. You were yeah. just, the, just the, there. the good sister. But I mean, um, yeah, our stories were already written and intertwined anyways. I thought it fitting that my sister be my first official guest on the podcast. Um, today we're going to tell you some good old stories from the block, what it was like growing up as little girls together. We'll also unpack a little bit about what it was like to experience um, each other in a dysfunctional household at times mm -hmm. uh, and how we had periods in our friendship and sisterhood where we were enemies truly mm -hmm. even in high school and, and this when we were older and how we had become friends true friends tell us about what were you like as a little girl what was little Allie like mm -hmm. um well I think a first way to like to say was like obviously like I was your sister 
I know that's weird, but like that was a big part of who I was even young when I didn't know it, you know what I mean? It changed me. So, um, I was a little sister. So that for me made your me, identity of yes. being a little yep. sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, made me more shy. Someone always kind of spoke for me or asked strangers things. I didn't like doing things like that. Um, and I think being a younger sister also made it really hard for me to figure out who I was. Cause some of it, I spent time trying to be like you because I saw the responses you got for being who you were. So I thought I wanted to be more like you. But then when I realized I didn't want to be like you, I didn't know who I was. And then, you know, I don't know. It depends on what age you, you ask who mm-hmm. I was. So I'd say I was shy, but I was sweet. Um, I was a good, a good, good girl. Mm-hmm. I was a good goody two shoes. I didn't like doing bad things and I didn't like negative things. They just made me feel uncomfortable. So I was like a really good kid. I followed the rules. I like, Everything I would say. Yeah, I was very, like, I just did my best to be, like, a really good kid. Everything I would say about us as children is very much in that, like, you could have a preschool poster of, like, opposites. I was bad. You were good. You were quiet. I was loud. Yeah. I was outgoing. You were shy. Yes. That I felt like we were. And that's not maybe who you are or who we are at our core. Right. But let's almost, like, we just That's the role I played as a child. Yes. Those portraits of opposites. Right. And because you filled in so many things, I filled the opposite. I think I naturally took a form of things that were the opposite of you to fill, to balance out, I don't know, the family system. I think yeah. some of it is my personality. I'm a Libra and I'm a very peaceful person. But, like, I am those things to fill in that void, if you think spiritually, in the form of our family. So, like, it made sense. Yeah, I think, I guess, right, uh, for, for Calm, people who never are developing... Mm-hmm. For people who are developing in a family structure where there's mm-hmm. siblings, yes. yes, some part and piece of our personality is created by the atmosphere order. of We're the right. household yep. and the, the order structure. of birth. Birth order does play a role too. Yeah, and since there's only two of us, I, I was also the baby, which changed my identity too. I wasn't just the younger sister of Rachel; I was the baby of the family, so I was more coddled. I think a little bit more, um, like a baby in any family would. What were some of your hobbies and interests when you were little? I had this thing where I would obsess about something very specific for who knows how long, a month or two. Like very seriously. I would do everything I could about it. I would draw it and tape it to my walls. So, like, I could tell you the things I obsessed about. Uh, like research, yeah. Tell scooters. Us. I had a thing with razor scooters. We mm-hmm. had, like, a video really game where, like, we, we played so much that, like, I just thought razor scooters were the best. So, like, I wanted it so bad, I asked for it for every, like, gift that came up. I, like, drew razor scooters on paper, cut them out, and glued them to, like, my seat, like, glued, taped them to, like, the top of my seat, like, walls, mm-hmm. like, had them going up ramps and stuff. Like, I manifested a scooter. Did and you then get I a got, scooter? We I both got scooters one. eventually. Yeah, we both got, like, a knockoff. Oh. It wasn't a oh. real razor scooter. That's why scooter. I didn't remember. Yeah, I was like, was, we like, never had a razor solid, scooter. Solid. It okay, didn't do okay. the tricks and stuff. But, <laughs> but by then, I was over it. Uh, I really wanted to be a pro basketball player. Like, I was like, I'm doing it. And there was, like, double team, Disney Channel movie. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be them so bad. Another sister thing mm-hmm. in our life. Mm-hmm. Like, sisters plays a role in so mm-hmm. many things. <laughs> um, but I was obsessed with that movie. Anytime it was on cable, I had to watch it. I'd stop what I was doing and watch. Um... And, and so then and I, mom like, and dad got you a basketball basketballs hoop. on paper and like all my journals yeah. and put them on my walls and they got me a basketball hoop and like Papa tried to take, get me into basketball but then I was over it 
And then I moved on, like, you know, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I, and I was, like, decent at some stuff, too. Yeah. Like, I just, like, was over it. And then I got into, like, beading. I was like, I'm making bracelets and necklaces and obsessed about collecting beads and putting them in really cool containers. Mm-hmm. And then I moved on. So, <laughs> I mean, like, You're a I got into knitting. And then I, yeah. like, quit while I was, someone was teaching me. I, like, had a mental breakdown and cried. And then I never asked her to teach me again. Oh. It was Aunt Dottie. Yeah. But I was also left-handed. So when you, I had someone teach me anything, guitar, writing, everything was extra hard Opposite. for me because I would look at people's bodies and try to mirror it and it would be really hard. So, you know, watching someone knit doesn't help me knit because she was like casting right-handed. on like a different tool and it would, it, even watching someone is really hard. So, um, yeah, hobbies. So, yeah, I mean, I did a little of everything. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. that. Yeah. And I explored. Yeah. I was always in theater mm-hmm. and like singing and tennis. Like I, I really just had those mm-hmm. same things. Yeah, that you I knew did yours. And I just like, in. yeah. Um, and so I love that you tried a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and I even tried your things. I tried doing plays and acting and. We did gymnastics for a period uh-huh, of time. We tumbling. Were, we wanted. We were obsessed with being gymnasts. Yeah. <laughs> well, our neighbors were legit gymnasts yeah. for a long time. So, yeah. It was in the water in the neighborhood. (laughs) So when I think about us as little girls, um, what comes to mind for me first, sadly, is the experience of me not being a good sister to you. Mm -hmm. And when I think about our childhood, I really think about just times where I was your bully and times where I was not kind to you. Um, Specifically this one time. I was playing with our neighborhood, my neighborhood friend, Brian. We were playing Aladdin and Jasmine. So, like, really young. I was under five. Yeah. I would have been, like, five. Right. So, I had to be, like, two. Yeah, two or three because we were at our old house. Mm -hmm. And he and I were playing Aladdin and Jasmine. And there's no extra characters in Aladdin and Jasmine. Could have been Abu, the monkey. I could have been the genie. No, I know. There was no extra characters. But we were on the magic carpet, Pike. On the the magic carpet. I was going to say, I could have been the carpet. but like We were riding the magic carpet. I could have been the personality. And I just, like, I locked you out of my bedroom Mm -hmm. because he and I was trying to have a romantic scene as a five-year-old with my friend. Yeah, that's, like, the very first memory you have of being a bully to me. Because um, I know we, I know that story. So yeah, it's and I just, I just remember that you were like banging on the door, just like wait, you let me in. You know, you just really wanted to play with us, and I, heart. yeah, and, and I began. didn't let you in. And yeah. then I just tried to ride the magic carpet. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> like our sleeping, carpet. my sleeping bag on the floor. Um, but what? and I just left you out, you know. And yeah. so I, when I think about being kids, for me, what comes to mind first is just me being a bully. Yeah. But I think at that age, it wasn't really a choice. It was a feeling. You were a kid experiencing a feeling of, I want to play alone with my friend. And that's a fair feeling. You just didn't know how to say it. And we didn't really have, like, anyone telling us the correct way to just communicate our feelings. So I think, I don't even remember this, for the record. Mm. I don't remember it. So don't let it hurt you too much. Mm. I only remember it because you've shared it so many times. Like, your hurt is now my memory because... And, like, of course, I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. That's the first moment you felt guilt but for me, <laughs> yes. which is, like, yeah. really sweet. It's good that you felt guilt because you yeah. it wasn't guilt that you wanted to be alone with someone. It was guilt that the way you handled it, yeah, which is totally fair. So, like, looking back, I'm like, oh, I get it. And that's just part of siblinghood. And you were so young. So it's just you acting on the feelings, which is fair. I'm glad that you're so socially, emotionally competent that you can be like, you were just a little girl. Oh, yeah. Was, well, especially because, <laughs> you know? like, those kids are so far, like, in our history of, like, 
a character we were for a short period of time that like I don't even relate to them anymore. I just know their story and I feel for them. You're right. So it's like yeah. everything to me is like I read a, a character alley. book. Yeah. Like it's a chapter book of me and that one isn't mm. that person's not me anymore. So like I don't harbor any. Mm. Okay. Negative memories of that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So it was interesting that you said that one of your memories was like how you felt like a bully because like when you, we talk about sisterhood, I would say the first things that come to my mind are like the times we had sleepovers in our rooms and like being afraid together about the ghosts in our house or like <laughs> playing in the pool or taking baths together. We took some bubble baths like in our house that like we moved to and like we had so much fun that like she flipped her hair and it, I bit her head and knocked her tooth out or something. Like a mermaid. And bled. And hair then toss. there was another time like we would play like games. Yeah. And then the water overflowed so much that it made it sh- rain in the kitchen down below us. <laughs> and my mom was like, what are you doing? And it was we... like tile floor. I have no idea how it got through. Oh, it but just seeped through. Yeah. We just were swashing around for so long that it like made it rain in the cabinets downstairs. Yeah. And that's fun. So like I have good memories. Mm-hmm. More than I, I think of those things Think too. about the negative. Yeah. yeah. We were on opposite ends of the tub and we were swimming past each other. Like we were doing koi fish laps. or something. Yes. Yeah. Like bouncing in like the, a regular size bathtub. Well this that bath- bathtub was actually bigger because it was, you know, Victorian. Yes, because <sighs> I've been in other bathtubs since and it's never the same. I remember that bathtub so well. No bathtub has ever come close. I promise <laughs> well, you because I took good. baths in it like high school. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So or right a after good old college. Bath. Yeah. But um no bathtub has come close. When you talk about us being little girls having sleepovers in each other's rooms, you mentioned mm-hmm. that. Yeah, we grew up in, I haven't shared that with the listeners yet, but we grew up not just in one home, but both of the homes that we've lived in had paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. And so Alexis and I, our mom, is a sensitive, intuitive mm-hmm. person. Um, and so us growing up and experiencing and witnessing things happen in the house or her experiences of things, ghosts were always just a part of our reality. And it was never something like I could have chose to believe in or not because we had experiences right. that we would witness things. Yeah, I don't remember ever and... being taught about it and being like, what? But I also never thought it was ghosts like that you see in movies or like white drapes. I never like when we believed in ghosts, I didn't think of that in my head. Like I knew there was a difference between ghostbusters and like spiritual energy because (laughs) mom talked about it so much. It was very like, I knew what the difference was, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course you do or don't believe it until you have your first experience. And then after that, you're like, mom, tell me all of it. Like, I believe you now, you know, Mm -hmm. because it actually happened to us. So we would like hear things or yeah, one of us would like feel energies and hear be cats. afraid. Yeah. yeah. Um and just we would hide under our blankets. Run, and like, you run to my room. No, you run to my room and we're afraid to run yeah. across the hall. Yeah. yeah. We'd be shouting at each other, Come in my yeah. room and then we'd be No, like, come to mine. Yeah. So we would have sleepovers and remember hallway sleepovers? We'd sleep in the hallway. Do you remember that? No. Like, outside of no. our bedrooms, we'd make, like, a blanket on the floor and make up, like, bring some oh. toys out and make, like, a space. We might have even done it with, like, our Friends, neighbors. Yeah. Probably. probably. Memories Vague. just coming back right there. Yeah. Just because it was, like, a new Fun. space we could create together. Uh-huh. A like a bridge. dorm room. We loved playing dorm room. <laughs> yeah, playing college. Yeah. Yeah, being roomies. Um, there were periods of childhood where we were... Where we were, like, friends, and we would get along, and we would play games together, and then there were periods of time where we would be fighting and feuding, mm-hmm. um, but I, you were, were talking about when we would have sleepovers, and that's where we would first come up with the wish story. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't remember. 
I don't, I like, part of me is like, I don't remember why or how we started doing this or, you know, where it came from, but I know that we were just like fantasizing together uh-huh. and we would about talk about a, a, dre- or... a dream or uh-huh. like something we wanted to happen and we called it a wish story. Yeah. I remember it happened one night I was sleeping in your room, which is now my room and... I think it was probably because, like, all the Mary Kate Ashley movies that we love so much, they always met boyfriends. Everywhere vacation they went on, every character they were, they met boys. You're right. They it were, like, their age and super movies. fun and cool. And so I think because we had a shared love for Mary Kate Ashley movies and My the God, show and the video yes. games and everything. The chokehold. Like, the series The fashion line. Still, that... <laughs> We wanted to be them, so then we were like, "Let's create our own story." Oh, yeah, so we just started we talking were out loud, and they go, yes. "His name will be this." You're like, "Mine will be this." They'll be our age, but they'll be brothers. And then we just like it went from there, and then we're like, "They're gonna move in next door to us," and then this, and then it became such a thing that we started calling it like, "This is what we wish for." So we started calling it the wish story, and we talked about it so much at different times. I think we both made an agreement that like any at, wish on any birthday ever make or any shooting or star has to be for the, for the wish story. story and we promised each I other always that. kept and me. i did it like me too i did it i wish <laughs> i wish for the wish story yeah, yeah. um and yeah. i wish for the wish story i wish the wish story and it was like the yeah. silly and sometimes it'd be super detailed like we just like talk about a date theoretically like <laughs> we're, i remember something about fountains and they're going to take us here and it'd be like paris and like we talked about the food we'd eat and like what they'd say and then we just sit there and giggle like it was real like we'd write a book out loud to each other yeah. and then imagine it so well that it felt like a little movie a vignette in our heads yes because yes. it was at a time when your imagination was still pretty lit you know like, <laughs> like you know where everything could be real yeah when kids that it, man, that, and that's real. but like we didn't know but that's and that's like manifestation yes i was just gonna say and we didn't what know happened? it the dreams came true most the of wish story half came of true. them came true <laughs> So I remember we wished that our neighbors, though we liked them, we wished that they would move out and that yes. a family move, would move in and they would yes. have two brothers just because we two were sons. two sisters. Yep. Yeah. And that was like how we connected day, our wishes to real life. Yeah. It was neighbors. They'd move in next door. Yes. We wanted the so boys to live next door. Because we wanted to be able to like send them messages from our windows or like. Or just grow up next door to each other. Like yeah. a cute, you Sneak know. In. Why wouldn't you? Totally. Yeah, we were, yeah. So I guess when we first started doing this, like I must have been like, I could have been like 12. Maybe you would have mm-hmm. been like eight or nine. Probably would have been the first time that we started Maybe. doing this together. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little earlier for context. But <clears throat> one day we came home from school. And there was a for sale sign in our neighbor's yard. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh my gosh, it's coming true. Mm-hmm. And after waiting and we a few told, months. like some of our friends and our neighbors about it. And like we wished hard on this. Like it was not a secret. Like we <laughs> believed it. We talked about it like it was real. Yeah. And like, and like imaginative energy is the energy mm-hmm. that we need to even have mm-hmm. right now as adults to manifest yeah. in our lives. Yeah. We can tell the universe the crazy things we want yeah. and we don't need to even come up with the why. As yeah. children, we were like, well, our neighbors are going to move. And so we, we just made it. We, <laughs> we filled in the blanks of the story we were writing yeah. to make it realistic. And then so a couple moved in with a baby girl and we were like, oh man, oh well, like our dreams are crushed. And then, I don't know, maybe a couple months later, weeks no, or something, years. It was like the day they were moving in, there were lots of people helping them move okay. in. And I so we couldn't, no, we couldn't tell who was moving into the house uh, because there was like 
they had their, you know, aunts, uncles or whatever, like people helping them move in. And so there were these two boys playing in the yard. I felt like that was a different time, mm. but it doesn't matter. I thought it was later on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they were having a barbecue. Some of, yeah, let's, I'm talk, like, let's tell that story anyway. So like, yeah. okay, so for me, this family moved in, Whenever no boys, happened, whatever. And then all of a sudden yeah. one day outside of my bedroom window, I looked down in the neighbor's backyard and there were two boys playing with like a little girl and they're playing like croquet. And I'm, me and my sister were like, ah! Like, because like two boys they looked like our age they looked super cute yeah we were like oh my god so we just kept like watching them off from the your window. window and i guess we were obvious, obvious. so like it finally that's like, what our neighbors were actually like do. i know put themselves W-W-M-K-A-D. out there M-K-A-D. and they were like do you want to just come over and play with them and I, we were like ah. and then you were grounded so oh. like i had to go by myself and i couldn't like say no so i went I'm and so proud of we you. made like I know because me today would not never do that. Do, but, eh, I'm not even you anything. as a child, you normally I don't know do because that. it was the wish story. I couldn't it not, is, and yes. you would have been like, "You have to go." <laughs> I was grounded. I'm glad you remember that. Oh detail. yeah, because so I remember then, having to do something alone. So then I'm up in your bedroom looking down <laughs> at you on like you? a you double were, date. You? Yeah. For oh, sure. you remember if that? You guys were outside. Yeah. Now I'm like, yeah, and I was embarrassed because you had to tell them I was grounded. Why couldn't I come outside? Yeah. And they would know I was a bad girl. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that was just the beginning. And then they randomly would come over and we kind of made friends with them over the what years. What did you do that first day? Croquet. Oh, you And they made croquet? small talk. That's when he told me he liked Shaggy and was going to sing it for the school talent show. Yes. Yes, I remember Which that. makes no I think, sense. But... I think mom and dad must have let me come out after a period of time because I remember being there for the portion where he talked about the talent show. So then maybe that this was a different kid. occasion. Yeah. But we used to and he sang, he sang or something. Yeah. And like nothing ever played out with it, like what our wish story was. But the fact that yeah. they were like two boys our ages that were related to the family. It was like the universe was like, well, that's not for you. But like A for effort. Like keep trying. <laughs> yes. Try another one. Yeah. And so yeah. after that, we'd yes. like let that go. And we were okay with it. And like we believed that like you could manifest something if you just wished it hard put enough. emotion into it uh, yeah and so then i mean and then i did that with like my future too like manifesting a husband I never really, or a partner yeah yeah i just it just shifted that energy shifted to a different way after that i never really thought about how my own perception of my childhood story being like a fairy tale where mm-hmm. i really identified with Cinderella or Belle uh-huh. or these like la- yes right yeah. <laughs> the princesses yeah of it was our a way time. of redesigning the yes. life that you didn't like I never right? realized that like that was still creating yes like a fairy tale story mm-hmm. or yes it was the like a way of um yeah yeah and so look at us go yeah I mean like that and beyond that experience once we met those two young men I think we continued to manifest. We didn't mm-hmm. even call it manifesting no. yet. But we still would talk about our dreams and wishes mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. in a way of believing that, like, we could actualize something because we had the proof of that experience right. and because you and I knew it was real because we went through it together. Yes. That's the yes. best. Even, like, yeah. all, like, the ghost experiences or things mm-hmm. from being in it as a child or living in our home with mom and dad that, like... I always had you to validate yes. the things that were happening sometimes yeah. because we were sharing those experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so beyond the wish story, 
one of my favorite games that we would play with the other neighborhood kids in the, in our neighborhood mm. was called the cool game. Cool kids the game. The cool game. But we would game. call our friends. We'd be like, ring, ring. And they'd pick up. We'd say, hey, do you want to play the cool game? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, friends, but you could play the cool game, too. Yeah. Anytime. You're probably playing it right now if you're not driving. <laughs> if you're just relaxing around the house. You're, you're playing you're cool. it. Yeah, you're in it. You're we, in the we, the, whenever we developed this game... <laughs> I remember I put on my baggiest pair mm-hmm. of jeans. I had the baggiest they were ones. Huge. I had some cool ones. It was like right around the hippie days of like Hanson and stuff where like you just wanted to be like. I don't know. It was like 1999 <sighs> and like my jeans were just like three foot wide on each leg. Yeah. They were so big. And we would put on our, and tie-dye. Tie-dye and cool baggy pants. Clothes. That's what cool kids wore. I lo- Sunglasses. We probably looked like Hanson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sunglasses. If we could, we'd get a soda because mm-hmm. it was nice to have an accessory yep. to hold in your hand. Yep. And we would go ring people's doorbells on our neighborhood street. With and the cool porches. They had to have a cool banister. They had porch. to have something you could sit on. And if they weren't home or they didn't answer the door, mm-hmm. great. We wanted to sit. <laughs> we would sit on their, on their porch, porch and protect their house while they were gone. Hang out on the... We're like protecting lounge. it. Yeah, like, we, we were. Lounge. But like we didn't do anything bad. We just sat there. We and then drank to our have, sodas and looked cool. out. Like we lived there or something. <laughs> I don't... It's the strangest. Like we thought we owned the neighborhood. We thought those houses were like ours. But we never... As if these people's homes In a good kind of way. Like, yeah. We just were like... And it we knew them. Street. And they had kids. So we were like... If they answered, we would have knew what to say to them. Like it wasn't like sort of strangers. Like I felt familiar with almost everyone in the neighborhood. Yeah. Like I know. But kids don't own. The way that they, we oh, acted. Oh yeah. And like, they also don't understand like how it's inappropriate but like yeah we, back, obviously, we wanted specifically to be able to sit on a banister where you could like lean your back against yeah. something yeah. and have your legs up like up and look on cool, the banister you know? imagine yeah. looking cool like that's what we looked <laughs> that's what we thought we looked like but we yes. probably just looked like yes weirdos and if we if we couldn't be on someone's porch we would pick a curb somewhere we'd mm-hmm. pick the right corner Based off to perch on because that yeah. was cool yeah so we played the cool game sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember we, the hospital game? We in the driveway? Would, yes. Uh, one of our neighbors had asthma and couldn't play with us sometimes. And so on the one day, I remember she was having like an asthma attack of sorts. We then developed a game where we were all like in a hospital and we took out all the chase lounges. And pretend there were hospital beds and we were like sneaking away out and we like made it into a play. Like it was like a live action play. Yeah. We just like did it so well. And our bur- boyfriend and nurses yeah, rescued, rescued us. us. It's always ends Everything that way. Always turned into a Mary Kate and Ashley yeah, movie. Or a Disney movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic um, would be having a lemonade stand. Mm-hmm. We would have a lemonade stand every now and then. And every hot, warm, <laughs> warm, every warm and humid summer's day. I don't know. Why are you saying it? I was trying to be witty and it was not. I'm setting the like scene. And one time, I know the listeners will enjoy this. Um, (laughs) We were doing a lemonade stand, and my friend Kelsey was working the lemonade stand with us. But Allie and Kelsey were just not working up to snuff, and so (laughs) I fired them from the lemonade stand. Well, you would just give us so many things to do, and we'd be like, but that's not what we want to do. Like, we want to do this. And she'd be like, no, you do this or you leave. And we'd be like, no. 
I did we the marketing. Do this or that. Like we. I to made do the lemonade. Want. I set up the table. I think you got to sit at the table, and we had to go do the walking. I wanted you guys to ride your bikes and tell people lemonade and was like for sale. Put, and write <laughs> lemonade sale on the sidewalk with arrows towards it and like stuff. And we did some of that, but like. It wasn't fun for us, so then, like, she fired us, and we were like, good, <laughs> sell it by yourself. And we always laugh about that, because, you know. Such an Enneagram 8 child, mm-hmm. just being a boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we also would spend a lot of time barefoot as children, yeah. climbing trees. Or running around the neighborhood and the streets, riding bikes barefoot, like, barefoot yeah, was we... a way of life. Yes, yes. And I remember our neighbor, Sally, she would always be barefoot. And that's how it started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you, Sally, for giving us the freedom to feel like we could also oh, yeah. kick off our shoes. Well, she was obviously like a very grounded, like nature-centered individual mm-hmm. at the time. And like, I don't know who she is now. That's what I say at the time. I'm sure she is. But like before anything like that was the like, earthing or yoga or any of that existed, she was just very in touch with like climbing trees. And, it like, always existed, but we didn't know it. Right. We it were wasn't young named by we what we young call children. it now. <laughs> Correct. Young children. Yeah. But, so I'm thankful. I was going to say, I'm thankful for the ability to be able to ground as a kid and be able to be careful. Without even knowing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely had so many mosquito bites on our legs and just we were earth oh, of yeah. the earth children. So something that I've touched on in previous episodes, you know, a bit about my childhood experience, um, you know, with mom or feeling like I had a traumatic experience, um, a group, you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a traumatic, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Dysfunctional, a dysfunctional right. household. Right. <laughs> um, I know, and as I shared at the beginning of this episode already, that like, I recognize now that I was a bully to you and that I enacted a lot of aggression and like violence towards you because it was happening to me that Mm -hmm. I looked to kind of like have that food chain. Mm -hmm. So what was some of your experience like having me as an older sister, not the, the positives, you know? Right. It's like... The victim of your aggression. I don't like the word victim per se, but like <clears throat> being the person that's yeah. Um. Well, I could start from like the uh, you know memory that mom has of like one of the occasions in which like she went too far with you. She told me that I like put my hand on her face or tugged on her clothes or I put my hand on her and she looked at me and she knew that I was asking her to stop and that. Uh, me doing that made her realize that like I was witnessing it and like she saw herself from a third person it was like I need to pull myself away and like she took me out of the room with her and like let you be and then I helped calm her down and like I don't remember this but like that set me up for who I was supposed to be and I think it helped start the storyline in my head of who you were to me because then that means I grew up with the energy of you and mom at the same time and I knew you like, I knew the feelings that could come from you and her, even as a baby, like, feeling it. You were a toddler. I was in the like, middle of our mm-hmm, anger mm-hmm. and the intensity. So from the jump, this was, like, in me, like, written in me to, like, know how to respond or to find out how to be the calmer down person, I guess. So, like, growing up with you, becoming my abuser, 
after seeing it done to you felt normal. And like, I knew we had friends with siblings that like got in fights and like wrestled and boys wrestle. And, but like, I didn't, I guess I didn't ever really realize that like they weren't as physical as we were. And like, I saw girl siblings hit each other too, but like, I do feel like you and I got to extremes where it isn't normal and especially for girls to do that. But like, what, what was it like for me? Yeah, I think it felt no, normal, okay. but it wasn't. But it felt normal at the time. Like, I knew it was my sister. And it's weird because we can tell these stories where I know some of our really good memories are intertwined with, like, the fighting probably the same day. Like, <laughs> our ability to flip-flop on, like, liking each other and not liking each other and, like, threatening each Love. other's lives <laughs> was, like, un... I don't know how we did it, but, oh, like... Yeah. You know, we, we survived. Yes. Yeah. And like it was normal for us to know that like that wasn't you all the time. I knew you weren't a rager all the time. Otherwise we would not have been friends. We would not like ever. I knew if that there I was other parts of you. Yes. Right. But there were other parts of you that were fine. So it's like I trusted you and disliked you at the same time when you did things to me. But like I guess I didn't think it was weird that you were doing them because like I saw them done to you. I didn't realize it was transference, but I just thought, well, this is normal. Which is interesting because I never did it did it to anybody else. I never did it to a friend. I never did it to anyone smaller than me, but. I guess, too, like, anger was my only emotion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where I was, like, happy, feeling normal, and then I would rage. Right. I'd be enraged. And I could really inside probably be feeling sad or left out right. or jealous, but I only right. knew how to code it as yeah. rage. And it was quick, like, because she yeah. could snap and then all of a sudden, like, yeah. hit me or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, when I think back to, like, little Rachel and being so angry, I I have the compassion now and awareness to know I was just doing what I was taught. Mm-hmm. And because when our mom was angry, she would hit me. Mm-hmm. She would use physical violence as her method to try to control me and subdue me. Mm-hmm. Physical discipline. Yeah, or to fear her to make you she wanted me to fear her and that's exactly what you did to me um and so i with her she controlled me and like you know was had that power over me right and so i looked at you as like well you're yeah littler than me or like Mm -hmm. i just was like well i can then do it to you or something i was taught when you're mad it's okay to hit somebody and rage yeah Yeah. when you're mad it's okay to push it's okay to shove because i was hit on the daily on the regular too yeah and it wasn't until I was 12 and I was in sixth grade, I was fighting with my best friend Kelsey on the playground, and I think I shoved her. I pushed her, I shoved her, and she grabbed me, she grabbed both my shoulders, and she kneed me in the stomach, and I ran away, and I was, like, in pain and embarrassed, but that is the experience mm-hmm. I remember as a very pivotal moment for me when I learned oh, I can't hit my friends. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> they could do sh- stuff back to you that you're not going to like, whereas I couldn't do that back to you. Kelsey was taller than you, too. Yeah. Like, she wasn't playing. She was an only child, too. So she yeah. just was like, I'm, well, she, I'm not afraid of anybody. Uh, well, I, she, yeah, she. I needed a friend who could stand uh-huh. to me, but also because I needed to learn that lesson or right. I would have been violent and aggressive with other children, right. probably. Right, so the only way, the, I was the only person I think that you were violent with until later on. When you were but older, then even partners. 
I don't think you were with friends. No, I was right, the so. only time that I ever was with aggressive with really a friend was with. that moment with right. her on the playground. And those are the closest people in your life. So then it? after yeah. that, I was like, well, but just got to keep it in my household then. And because we were still aggressive with each other or fought, you know, physically, even in high school yeah. when I was in high school. Um, I don't, yeah, I guess I don't remember so much, but maybe. I feel like it was mostly elementary school, but <laughs> maybe. I mean, I'm sure you still tried to hit me or shove me or I'm thinking push me down the stairs. There was like. Because there was always, when we were young, there was a period of time um, during the week where our we'd get home from school, our mom would go to work, and we were waiting for our dad to come home from work. Yeah, like in between. So there was a window of time sometimes, sometimes like a half hour, maybe an hour, maybe two, where we were unsupervised, and that would be, yeah, a time where like sometimes dad, yeah, hell would break loose, and we would have crazy conflicts, and... About who knows what, like computer time, like Probably. really seriously, what was yeah. it about? I don't know. You eat my food, like <laughs> I, ha- I have no idea what we could even get physical about, but we did every, every day. Yeah, we were yeah. just yeah siblings going into each other's rooms, sneaking clothes. I definitely loved to borrow your clothes when you worked um, at Charlotte Russe. Yeah, well, and I was older then, so at that point, like we mm-hmm. would trade. But when I was younger, I was like terrified to go in your room. I felt like I was on, like, candid camera. Like, a, or, like a spirit was watching me or something. Every time I stepped in that room, it was like, all eyes were on me. Interesting. So I'd just be like, I'm just going to grab my brush. It's mine. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just because I knew I wasn't supposed to be in there. I felt like trespassing. Oh. Yeah, I never felt that way in your room. <laughs> of course you didn't. I was, that's was, what I said. I was a good kid. Because it was kid. my house, felt... and then you were born, and I had to yeah, share it with yeah. you. So actually, both rooms right. were mine. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm like telling like the ghosts, like, just so you know, I'm getting my brush. <laughs> my sister stole my shirt. And I'm like trying to dig it out of your hamper or something, as if like I owe someone a reason why you I'm in your room. Tell. Yeah, because I wasn't a sneak. That's insane. <laughs> You were, but I was the not. Guilt, the guilt you felt or something, even yeah. though you were getting your the own shame item. shame getting my own item. Yes. Like, as if you could walk there in any minute. <laughs> Remember when we had those dangly, like, retro things Beads. hanging from our door? Yes. And you could... That was an alarm system. Yes. <laughs> it was, like, you know, retro, like, you know, 60s, yeah. like, looking, early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, it was, like, yeah. black and, like, mirrors. But it was, like, heavy, <laughs> heavy plastic pieces. And when you walked through them, it was, like, clank, 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 like, you could hear the whole house. You could hear the whole house. And so I would like, know. Yeah, from, like, downstairs. Like, I could hear, like, one jingle. And I bet she, she wanted me to pay and... to enter her room. Well, that's she... a totally different story. <laughs> I know. But because yeah. she wanted to be, like, Lara Croft. And so she was, didn't know how to be a millionaire. So she started yeah. making people pay a toll to enter her room. I was ingenuous. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I... Ingen- ingenuous. No, it's not a real she- word. The ingenuity. No, the ingenuity. Ingenuity. But what do you say when it's like talking about a person, like an adjective? Ingenuous. <laughs> <laughs> I was in. How? I don't know. I was creative. I knew what I wanted, and I knew the only way to get there was. I think it's ingenuity. Ingenuity. I yeah. But you. Okay. How? When ing- you describe. <laughs> Ingenuitous. The you. word will come to us later. <laughs> Listeners, you'll know by now. <laughs> Ingenuitous. Ingenuity. I was ingenuity. You had ingenuity. Uh, yeah, okay. You had ingenuity. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I think yes, that's yes. the word we're looking for. <laughs> I sure did. Um, something I want to touch on is something that we've talked about before is the concept of living in a shadow or like that you were living in my shadow. 
Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I'd say, I mean, I always kind of was, but I feel like maybe middle sixth grade, I like felt that you got more love and attention for your talents in terms of like being an actress and singing and voice lessons. And like, it was like you had a skill that was like good enough to like people in our family wanted to like help you get better. And it just seemed to come naturally. And so at one point I remember like writing Papa like a, a card mm. and I was like, I'm going to do voice lessons too. And I want to be in acting too. And I read that and it makes me sad because it's still somewhere. It was in like a photo album they saved, but it just was like this period where I just wanted to be so much like you to be loved and to be social and to have friends. And so like I joined CYT and did like one real play and then I did some camps, um, and some classes, but like that only reminded me that I was your little sister, like because everybody you met was like, "Oh, oh Rachel's, Rachel's little, little sister. sister," and I looked like you. Sometimes I sounded like you, and like so, like I don't even think people knew my name. Sometimes they just knew I was your little sister, and I wasn't as good, and I couldn't sing as well. And so when you, you know, people might think that I would be the other one, like they could have two sisters that are really good, and like even in school, like every time I started a school year, if that teacher knew you, they would recognize my last name during attendance, like first day oh, are you Rachel's sister? I'm like, yes. And so then, like, they assume I'm going to be super smart and cool and funny like you were with the teachers you liked in high school, you know? And then they find out I'm just me. And then my first job that wasn't working with mom was at the family restaurant that you were a hostess at. You trained me. And then when you left, it was very clear to me that, like, I was not as good as you. Mm. And that they were like, oh, they were hoping that, like, I would be because you were great and they didn't want to lose you. And then, like, they didn't want to let me go. So they just, like, drew it out and like until I worked there one day. And then, like, finally I was like, I'm quitting. I was terrified. And he's like, okay. It didn't like I was in. I was like, okay, bye. Like I was like, <laughs> that is what they were doing. Pants, but like, he was just nice. But I just wasn't you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like so many ways in my life. I was being either... a host is not is not a no. Job and for I'm a not shot, yeah. smiley and social. And people drain me. Whereas people mm-hmm. like make you like, woohoo, mm-hmm. energy. And I'm like, go away from me. I like forget who I am when I'm around people too mm-hmm. much. And like, I like the downtime to charge. So yeah. for me, it was just like, there were certain periods in my life when I had to be like, I'm not her and that's okay. And like mm-hmm. deal with whatever that felt like. So if it mean, meant that like, I didn't think Papa loved me as much, like fine. Like if for a while I'd get angry about it, like mad, where I realized that like, I shouldn't be treated that way, even if I didn't like singing. So then like, I got angry. Um, but yeah. And that's, <clears throat> it's not favorites, just connection. But as a kid, you feel that the distance, but you don't know why you take it personal. And I haven't, I've only spoken about Papa so little on the podcast, but my mom's dad, my Papa, he was just my guy. He was my best friend, my safe adult that I really needed. Mm -hmm. And I could tell that I was like his favorite granddaughter, or I could tell that we bonded or we were very Mm -hmm. similar. And Mm -hmm. I knew that he thought I was special. And in my life story, I really needed a oh, yeah. an adult, safe person to believe in me and to encourage me. Um, but I understand how, because he supported my voice lessons or got me into things that you were looking for a hobby or something. I related to him to your success and also like wanted that for myself. And I wanted to be like making someone proud all the time and like having people be like, wow, about me. But I was always like talents person level in every way of my life you know i was in the background dancing or dancing. Uh, just wearing weird clothes and walking by like, that's what i felt like talking about a shadow that like, you wanted the spotlight and so therefore your eyes in the shadows 
Whereas, like, there are so many things, right, that are worthy to celebrate in children and oh, hobbies yeah. and gifts that are not oh, performative. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be something sure. that kids do on stage. But that was something specifically yeah, our grandpa knew what, what to deal with. He knew it was a, something he loved, too. He liked musicals, uh-huh. and I Both liked of them musicals. Liked music. yes, and yeah. I connected with Grandma more. She liked all my weird hobbies and, like, supported them and all, you know, like, she was just down for the roller coaster ride, which was my hobby life, but. So, I mean, everything beyond so, like, looking back, everything was perfect, like, in the way of, like, it was divine and the good and the bad, and, mm-hmm. but, yeah, living in a shadow was tough, and then and finally finding yourself after that is really amazing. Like, when I first got a job at Charlotte Roos at Woodfield and, like, worked there for years, I finally found my identity as an employee, and, like, I was great, and, like, people wanted me to be the manager. They asked me to be an assistant manager. They didn't want me to leave. And then I went to a different job and started as a crew member and then became the store manager, mm-hmm. like, within a year. Mm-hmm. Like, people gave me, you know, because I was good and I was consistent and I showed up and I, like, liked who I was as a person. Like, the way I talked to people and the way that I felt like I fit in, they didn't know my sister. It was a brand new world outside of school and out of their social group that was, like, our friends that, like, didn't know me and I could be me without an expectation of, like, knowing anything about me. So it was really nice. That's like, it was a cool That's thing. so important. Yeah. Because what yeah. I didn't think about is that, yeah, all of our friends, our all life, of our people, everyone everything. knew you first or more or yeah. better. And yep. I always got to have the experience of going places first yes. and being older. So like, it was always nice And then to me. you brought me around everywhere else. Yeah. Like, you know, you showed me the social life. So. And I never had a job in retail. So you are the only one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that I also had that experience of feeling like I was living in your shadow. Mine? Yes. Yes. But it was more of the behavior sense, I think, when we were little girls, is that I just was mad at you because you and mom got along or she it was didn't so treat easy for you. you. Yeah. yeah. And I, and like, I, like the way that you felt Papa treated me different or you felt right. like you needed to earn love or wanted to get, you know, the validation from him. Like I was seeking that out for mom and wanting, I just didn't understand sure. how it's so easy for you to just be good because I was so hot tempered and so angry all the time that I and even now as an adult I still have a very quick connection to anger within my body or I can feel when my energy mm-hmm. is shifting now and I'm more regulated now but I am wired hardwired in that way and so I would look at you and just feel like why is she so good why is she so calm and just nice and sweet all these things that I just felt I couldn't be and Mm -hmm. I I felt like it wasn't like a skill I could learn I felt like it was like the way I was Mm -hmm. and I felt very just like broken there was something wrong with me that I couldn't figure out how to be good um and so I definitely felt like I was in your shadow in our household that I Mm. couldn't live up to you. Mm -hmm. And mom probably said things like, why can't you be nice like your sister? Mm -hmm. Why can't you X, Y, Z like your sister? Mm -hmm. But in the outer world, you were always feeling that way in school and in activities and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that's kind of interesting that we both had that experience in a very different way. What were you going to say? How we started being friends again in high school. Like after we grew up, probably after middle school I feel like by the time you were in middle school and I was in middle school we didn't put our hands on each other very much and we went from like because you matured obviously you're like two and a half years older than me so like you were already like a teen when I was still kind of like young um and so I think at some point we kind of stopped that young sibling rivalry relationship in terms of physicalness and like 
And then we kind of moved on to like you being busy and you doing things and us kind of just becoming regular sisters sharing a household. And then in early high school for me, I think it was like my sophomore year, you were a freshman uh, in college. When did you start with the group? That's what I think we should talk about. I was going to say, I remember being a senior in high school and you being a freshman we actually ended up in a creative writing class together mm-hmm. where your Last friends minute. were there. You came like second part of second the semester. So, yeah, so I was already in that class. It's like first first half of the year down, me and my two friends, like my besties, were in this class. Like everyone didn't, They some, some of them knew I was your sister because they knew you it was a bunch of all different. I had been be in, in creative class. writing before. Yeah, I had taken totally. the class before. And like all, some of these kids were in your grade. Like it yeah. could be all, all four years could be in the school yeah. class. And then halfway through the year, she's like, I'm done with photography. I'm going to come. Because my teacher writing. was bullying me. Yeah. My I teacher mean, was not, for sure. it was not a safe like, learning environment. She <laughs> hopped into my class half of the year and then it became the Rachel show ah uh, her best friend kelsey so it was me and my three but like two best friends and her best friend and they were like loud and fun and silly and goofy and performers and it was like <laughs> shut up sit down like that's how i felt and like shut up emo sit and down. Would just be like brooding and staring at you like yes. you know some other people would want you to be quiet too because you guys were just bubbly and goofy and it was annoying to all like the other kids who were like be quiet like yeah i, I emo I was a thing it. then and it, it's a weird <laughs> word to say but like you no, know, I get it. That was like a thing. Our you personality is very yes. Glinda. And so it changed the vibe of the class, which was still fun, but it like solidified that I thought you were annoying. And I, and I didn't want to be in your time, shadow anymore. You didn't even want to be known. I couldn't even be in the same room. <laughs> no. You didn't want people to know that we were related. It's like you were we embarrassed to There was no way to get around with it, but I just was tired of it. But at that time... I really wanted to be your friend at and yeah, I was the at the end of high school and I just really yeah I wanted you to like me and I wanted to be friends Hang with your friends and yeah, yeah and I just yeah. didn't understand why you didn't want to be my friend yeah. but because I wasn't very nice sometimes but then we just were different at that point yeah there was a period of time where I was deciding whether or not I wanted to go to community college or if I wanted to go away to school and I remember, I think financially, our family kind of decided I needed to go to community college, and that was, you know, where I needed to be, or I had to go. Um, And I was mad about it, and I resented that at the time. But in hindsight, when I look back on my story, or our story, I'm really glad that I went to community college because staying home those two extra years gave us the chance to be friends, gave us the opportunity to reconcile. Um, And that, I think, is when our friendship began. Yeah. For, like, our adult friendship was, like, an infancy, for real. I would say so. Because, like, I don't know where we'd be now without those years. Like, maybe we would have gotten there if I came and visited you, but, like... And maybe when you came home, but it wouldn't have been the same. No. Yeah, I don't think so. And I, I think maybe, and I don't know why, but it was like when we were probably coming into ourselves and who we were and me not being at the high school anymore really helped yeah. that. But we were able to just, yeah, we meet matured. each other as yeah. young women yeah. and start a friendship. Right. And we definitely were not having conflict as much. And I viewed you like an ally. Mm-hmm. I knew that there were times in the house where, like, you saw things happen between mom and I, mm-hmm. and you would advocate for mm-hmm. me, and you would stand up for me, mm-hmm. or you would talk to her or, you know, help her right. to see the truth or, you know, right. rational, have some rational thinking or something. And so I knew that there were times that you could come to my rescue, 
And so I knew that. I wasn't an enemy. Yeah. As well. Right. You needed me. That you were a good. Yeah. Mediator. And dad was someone who was like quiet sometimes, like most of the time. Quiet, like I'd say like 90% of the time. And then like maybe even 95 and then 5% he would just like yell and then it would be terrifying. But like most of the time he didn't stand up or say anything when like you or mom were at your fights or things like that until it really affected him. And so like I think I knew I had to be that person that played not devil's advocate, but like rationalize both sides and saying like yeah you feel this way which is fine but like so they feel this way and like you need to figure it out like you know or just like make it stop because sometimes I, it would get so bad like when we were older that i would be like mom stop like i just would scream to like level myself up with you both and to let it know be like it's not okay from the outside like seeing that is just as traumatic as being not absolutely as, it, no you know, to yeah. me no it that is. was as traumatic as i got it for me was traumatic. watching it it might it as well have been me. i could feel it i could see your face i can see like all of it i could see her and i could see her spit and like and there's traumatic. things i remember from the other side from watching it yeah and so it's like what were we saying <laughs> but like, i lost got that. lost like, in the trauma <laughs> of the trauma but you know for real so what what did that what was that I wanted um, to talk about <clears throat> how we became friends. Yes. Okay. And but that was a shift because you weren't my enemy anymore. How, you were right. also my ally. Right. You were my friend. Right. 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 Um, okay. It was just like a memory side. Yeah. Story. But yeah. 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 So I think that's how we became kind of supporting each other because like, yeah. I guess for me, like that was what the shift was for me. And I got involved with a, with like a Christian theater group, an adult group. And in this cast that I was in, it was the cast of Thoroughly Modern Millie. Mm -hmm. We started a Bible study, some friends and I, and we called ourselves the Table Flippers from that story in the market where Jesus got angry. angry. Yeah. And that story made me feel validated that like... Even Jesus was angry sometimes mm-hmm. because sometimes I was angry have, all the time. Sometimes you cause havoc for a good reason, right? Yes. Um, Advocacy, standing yeah, up for others. Yeah. What's yeah. Wrong? Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I remember in my own timeline, that was a time where I was really talking to God and wanting God to change my heart. And I didn't want to be so angry. And I really wanted to start being different. And I mm-hmm. could observe my mom or observe the house. But I knew that, like, I don't have to be angry. I can be different. Mm-hmm. And so I was really actively trying to change my heart and change myself. And I was doing it in a very spiritual way mm-hmm. um, and finding myself in a new community with new people that didn't know me from high school because we were all in college at this time. Um, and so I was able to kind of start fresh with new people mm-hmm. um, that were like minded and had similar beliefs, you mm-hmm. know. And so that's. Do you want to talk about? Yeah, um, I just I feel like you got really close to them, you know, and maybe did like a Bible study that one first year, and then the next year they were doing it again, and Rachel was like, I remember, I think it was summer before I went to junior year, maybe even senior, um, and Rachel was like, I don't know exactly, but you were like, you know, I've been going to like Bible study, and like I really want you to come, like all these people are so great, and they're like telling me all these stories, and of course I'm sure you updated me before you asked me to, but. She's like, I want you to come. And I was immediately like, no, this is a group of people who were from the CYT group that we grew up in that I was always your shadow in. So immediately I was like, no, I don't want to. Like, it just doesn't sound fun to me. I don't want to meet more friends that I'm Rachel's sister in. And she's like, well, I really want to, like, you know, make amends or, like, get better and show you that I'm better. And I want to try to be your friend. And I said, like, oh, and then you said, 
And also, like, I'm afraid you're not going to, I'm not going to be with you in heaven. And, like, I love you. Because where she was believing in her faith at this point, like, we had been in the church as younger, but this was kind of, like, our choice to go back as uh, adults, young adults. And that made me snap. Like, to hear her say that, and I was just basically like, how dare you? How gross. That, like, she would even be in her high horse like that to say that, like, because I'm not going to her group or believing exactly what she's learning, that I might not be there with her when we die. Which, like, before we started recording today, Allie reminded me of that situation. Yeah. And I was like, I can't even remember that yeah. I would say that. Yeah. Because and I think it might have been your last it's not effort my... to, like, convince me why I should yeah. go. Because you didn't want to lead with that. But you also were kind of <laughs> mad that I said no. Yeah, but I just, I like, I don't, I don't think I said it just to sway you. But it was one of my fears at the time. Right. But to me, like, now my faith and my spirituality right. is so far totally. evolved from believing right. that or thinking that that's how heaven works right that i just am like so sad so for weird. like that version of me that was like preaching worried. at you yeah. and worried for your salvation right. right um and not using it to get you to come but yeah that right. was really afraid and sad and it offended me so much that i told you i didn't you want to t- be your friend and i didn't need to be your friend and i didn't care and I was, like, in my heart, like, I was perfectly at peace, like, not having you as a friend. Like, I remember laying on the hammock. Mom and Dad were, like, on vacation that week. And I was, like, I really don't, like, I am so mad that she said that. Like, I we were home really alone or something? Us, like, no, they were, like, playing Roma Cube or something. And, oh, like, you, we got in a big fight. And I came outside and, like, laid on the hammock. And, like, you know, whatever was doing whatever mm. I was doing. And just being, like, I really, I'm so mad at her. I can't believe she said that. Like, we're done. We're through. Like, I really don't need to be her friend ever again. Like, because we've gone through so many up and downs. Like, at this point, like, I knew all the, the bad parts about you mostly. And this was before you did change, for real, for real. So, like, I don't really believe you. And I also was just like, yeah, I didn't want to. And for some reason, you probably apologized and we came around. And I went. I was just going to say, why point. do you think you came? Yeah, you just think you took a chance. I was afraid of my soul. <laughs> Burning in hell. No. I believed you. That's why I was really mad at you. <laughs> so, you know what? She's right. So, no, I don't remember. I don't know. I just went. With the promise of Yeah, you of know, I don't boys. remember. No. <laughs> no I'm older just, than me. No, I know, I'm just, just making For some reason, I thought, <laughs> why not? And, like, Elise was going, and I knew some of those, and they were, like, my friends. So I went, and it ended up, like, changing my life for that, at that period of time. For sure. Um, we became friends because mm-hmm. we were. And my faith began again. You know, my own faith, not the childhood faith mm-hmm. that you're forced to believe. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, yeah, it was good. I think that probably was the heart of what it was for me at that time in the faith way is that Allie and I grew up going to church. Our parents were our Sunday school teachers. Our grandfather was a pastor. And so being spiritual and religious and faith being a part of our lives, it was for a very long time. Mm-hmm. When we were older and our like middle school, our family started going to different churches and trying to find a new church to go to, or there was a long period of time where we weren't going, I was pursuing going to a new church by myself, going to the mega church, the Chicagoland mega church. Yeah. Yeah. And I was experiencing God for myself and experiencing, Yeah. yeah, real true relationship, right? With spirit. Right. And that is what I know I wanted to share and why I really wanted because we had experienced ghosts together. I knew that you would experience spirit, yeah, too. right. But I, at the time, you know, just would have called it God. But I think that that was part of my desire. Right. I kind of think it brought you joy and it filled you so much you wanted to share it. You know? I'm sorry that I... good intentions. <laughs> I mean, I went, so it worked out. 
know. And, yeah. you know, somewhere in that, like, I forgave you for the childhood stuff. And, like, most times I forget it. Like, it feels like we're talking about someone I don't know. Like, past me and past you. Like, I either blocked it out or I forgave you to the point where, like, I don't even, like, it's not really a part of me. Like, I does I'm not a- hold a hold on me that, like, you were abusive to me anymore. You know, I don't know. It I remember having a specific conversation about it at some point for yeah. me because it yeah. was, like, I at that time didn't realize that I was doing it because of, like, my childhood experience. Right. And I didn't I either. still thought... I'm angry yeah. and I struggle with this yeah. and I just kind of thought that was what my sin in this lifetime is, yeah. is being angry. Yeah. And so I know I apologize to you right. and I, I wanted to make that effort of like acknowledging the, right. what I put you through because I knew I right. needed to, I needed that for myself to move forward. Um, and I know that even if there are times where if I were to remember something from those days that I know that you wouldn't hold it against me. Yeah. yeah. But so what else did we do at that time? We would we would be driving to Bible study. We'd be talking. Yeah, we had and sister we dinners do... like once a week when we could, because you were really busy and always was doing stuff and had jobs before me and could drive before me. So I remember like you worked, you made money, and like that's when like you could go get food anywhere you wanted. It was like the boom of things that weren't just fast food, like the boom of Chipotle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like new restaurants right. to try. It would, Red Robin, like things that were like we never went to as kids or like didn't even know existed. And so you'd be like, you want to come with me? I'd be like, I don't have money. And you'd be like, well, I'll pay. <laughs> and like if she wanted to go eat and had no friends to go with, she'd be like, well, I'll buy my, my sister. I so as long as she paid for me, I could go. And then so she's just like, well, if I want her there, I'll pay. <laughs> Which I think is a normal thing for siblings to do. But like, so you were just like, well, you know, between my school and this and this and that, we already could see you're like, how about we have like sister dinner? And so I was like, okay. So we would try like any restaurant like once a week for so cute. or every other week, whatever, yeah. when we could. And that. I think helped start like us having sit down conversations outside of the home that was like fun and enjoyable and like maybe we act that's like when a friendship was really like worked into life because we weren't at home yes, anymore was, we just like like friends home. like we met yeah. up like friends but you drove me there you know but that's what it felt like it felt like two friends giggling and talking yeah. about things that weren't being sisters yeah. Through our time in Bible study together, we did a study about love, and this pastor speaker had made this series back in the day, Rob Bell, taught about the Hebrew meanings for the word love, that there is raya, which is like love you have with your friends, Mm -hmm. ahava, which is like soulmate, divine partnership love, and dod, which is sensual and erotic love. And he spoke about how they're all like little flames. And when you have them together, you'll have like a bigger fire. It will keep burning. But yeah. if you only have one, it will die out and not be as strong. It was a whole metaphor, but it was a really beautiful like, yeah. story. We, and so from us growing up with the wish story mm-hmm. and really talking about love and partnership and what we wanted. Yep. And obviously, Mary Kate and Ashley had boyfriends in every single movie, like we mentioned earlier. So, like, it fed into our dreams. WWMKAD style dating. But, yes. like, so then when we got older, we realized, like, unless time of like our, our Christianity and our experience with the faith was like waiting for marriage. And I mean, all of like dating was wrapped up in like 
Christianity at this time. Purity culture was like an all-time high. Ring by like, spring. That one book, like, God when God writes your love story was like at its peak all of these things were coming out about like you know don't be a crumbled rose for your partner or your future <laughs> husband it was like so much talk about your future husband or wife than how you should act now accordingly to honor them um which like I wasn't necessarily super like keen on all that specific and like do's and do nots but like it made me <clears throat> think differently about the men that I liked or the men that I would let entertain me and it changed the way I thought about dating and who I want to spend my time and energy on and so it made me really imagine kind of like the wish story like about my husband and like who I wanted for me and like I believed in God and I believed that he was creating this person for me and that this longing that I had to finally find someone who wanted to hold me or be with me and like liked me liked me um that was a genuine person was like so strong that I was like, I know God has someone out there because I feel it inside of me, like, so bad. And you felt that way, too. And so then we'd listen to shared music and we'd just, like, drive around late nights driving and, like, remember? And we'd just put on, like, Jordan Sparks. And, like, I just remember all these music that was, like, really in. Nora Jones and, like, just things sing about that, like, hurt our hearts. Just haven't you. met yes. you yet. Just, like, yeah. things. And so I think it became something that we bonded on, not only as kids, but when we got older, it wasn't a wish story anymore. It was, like, God's story. And, like, that, that kind of goes with what I read at your wedding, uh, the speech talking about that and, like, how we just found a different way. We were like, oh, we weren't wish storing. We were creating a story with God. And so mm-hmm. then it became, for, like, at least 10 years of my life, was about, like, who does God want me to be with? And who's my husband? Like, mm-hmm. is, is he mirroring him? And is he mm-hmm. looking, in, like, in God's image and all these things? Yeah. So I think that was something we both did intentionally. Yeah, I was definitely dating for marriage and picking partners or allowing myself to develop friendships or relationships with people only if I thought they that they had the perspective yes. for yeah marriage. And you talked about that in your other episode about like the things mm-hmm. you were writing and desiring for and I was very much the same and I think the structure of the environment we grew up in like as children and the movies and the shows and, and also like the Christianity groups and the theater groups that we did also talked about it a lot. And so I think all the kind everything of Everything in we all culture. That, like, yes, everything in our community. Everything was lined up with the story towards. that we were telling ourselves. And so it kind of fit, which I think is super interesting. So from being little girls and wishing upon a star with the wish story mm-hmm. to co authoring a story with spirit about divine love. Yeah. Love has always been a big theme in our yes. sisterhood. Part, yeah. As well as Just partnerships. Yeah. Something our grandpa would always say to us when we would be feuding as little girls, he would say, One day you're going to be best friends for life and you're going to have boys lined up around the block. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd say, No. Okay, maybe just line up around the block. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> but. He, I love that with that sentence too, because he was manifesting for us to yes. love each other yeah. and to be loved. Yeah. And those are the things that I. And he'd always say that when we're like arguing in the back seat. Yeah. Like, like, You're gonna be best friends one day, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He said it enough, it became true. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad that he got to see that part of our friendship too. Yeah. But. And I think that's something that we wanted to share with us is that like. Sibling relationships can be tumultuous and maybe be in one place when you're younger. 
but how it can really age your relationships can age as you age and mature and change and there's like exits there's like really big moments in which like you could have fixed something or maybe you should have or didn't or whatever but like there's always re times of re-entry as well like because we could have fallen apart so many times for good and we didn't and there's many reasons why maybe we should have but we didn't and then there's many reasons that brought us together and like and so, forgiveness and like yeah something that i would say is if to any listener if you know that you've made mistakes in your sibling relationship like I can say I knew I had mm -hmm. that even if it's years later sometimes it is worth getting something off your chest or your conscience and expressing an apology to a sibling or a loved one um, and it can help you feel a lot better um, to, to be able to talk and unpack and process your childhood a little bit with your siblings also I think it's helpful as um, we became older and explored psychology, both in coursework for us in college, mm -hmm. that we both learned a lot more about family systems and structures. And we've learned about the trauma um, of a family system and how that those interact. And so you and I both did a lot of learning in this lifetime about family structure. Mm -hmm. Things can heal, and it's always worth trying, or if you think it's, you know, something I think that we're both aware of is that you we could grow up in the same house together but we didn't have the same parents and we didn't have the same household mm -hmm. the the home that we grew up in was just very different yep. um and so I think it is worth for anybody that has got a sibling yeah to unpack your childhood a little bit yeah. and to just talk back about some experiences you had because it could be really eye-opening to be able to hear your sibling's perspective about situations that transpired yeah, I think that's a really good point. I'm very thankful for you, and I always tell people that I think you looked down on Earth, and you saw Mom and Dad and me, and you knew that girl's going to need some help. Yeah. <laughs> and I volunteer tribute. Okay, take <laughs> instant. Like, he was like, he didn't give me a second choice. <laughs> just kidding just kidding going once going twice and i mean i also think our souls uh created our plan before you even left to come to earth you you're know right. what i mean like yeah you were just waiting for me and then my entrance was a big wave in your life for because it was meant to be mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. but um and that's something that has definitely taken a lifetime to process um but i can say i know that i wouldn't want my life to have been any different mm -hmm because I love the woman I am today. And so I wouldn't change our childhood because I know that you and I wouldn't be where we are right now as best friends and mm -hmm. sisters, having gone through all that we did and the healing that we did, if it was different, if anything was different. So I'm thankful for our story and I'm glad that we wrote each other in it and got through it together. Mm -hmm. Me too. My sister and I created today's affirmations based on some of the things perhaps the inner children within us needed to hear when we were young. I forgive myself for past mistakes. I did the best I could with the tools I had. I was not created to live in a shadow. I am my own starlight.
Let's do those one more time. I forgive myself for past mistakes. I did the best I could with the tools I had. I was not created to live in a shadow. I am my own starlight. Thank you, Al Cabal. Thank you, Al's for joining me today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you for having me as your first guest. What an honor. Thanks, Mary Kate. You're welcome, (laughs) Ashley. Without me, where would you be? seriously babe I ask myself that all the time (laughs) so thanks for being here and thanks for sharing your heart and your soul and time and space Mm -hmm. with me I love you sissy you're welcome all music has been provided with permission intro music by Big Wonder Music check out Big Wonder on Spotify and iTunes closing credits performed by Fine Young Gamers I want to be brave, I want to be myself, I don't want to wake up every day as someone else, I want to be strong, I want to be soft, I want every single thing that I've been dreaming of, but that takes courage, and that takes time, and a single moment to decide to change your mind. If you don't like the world you are on, just turn around. You too can start living a radically different life. Following the path you chose before you chose to be